within the industry, which sometimes I think can be a little bit harmful because we focus so much on, on being perfect on our technique that we sometimes forget to find ourselves on stage and we focus on, you know, getting things perfect. And if this that's not good, then people will not like it. When I think it's, you know, we should maybe focus a bit more on about ourselves and a lot of the time people come to see you play. Hi, this is Bianca. And this is Anna. Your hosts of Girl Talk Monday's podcast. Where we discuss female empowerment, love and relationships, and everything in between. In this podcast, we speak to founders of fashion businesses, content creators, entrepreneurs, psychologists, and authors to inspire women to reach and fulfill their dream careers. So welcome to Girl Talk Mondays! episode, we speak to Esther Abrami. Esther is a Sony Music-signed violinist. She is on a mission to celebrate classical music and empower future generations to keep traditions alive in a modern way. I started proper violin lessons when I was about 10 years old. Um, my grandmother was a violinist. Um, she, although I never saw her play because she quit when she got married um, it was usually the case back then um, and uh, so but she, she's the one who, who introduced me to violin from a very young age actually already at three years old she showed me what a violin was and um, I you know I, I enjoyed that but my parents didn't want to force me into lessons before I actually myself asked for them so it wasn't until I was a bit more grown up that actually I said oh I want to start and I think I, I think it was a good way because when I did start, it was really my own decision. So at 10 years old, I, I started at the uh, you know National Conservatory of Music in my hometown in the south of France. I spent a few years working uh, quite hard, actually, because I, I absolutely loved it. Straight away from the first lesson, I absolutely fell in love with the violin. I straight away like said that I want to become a violinist. Like, I think I didn't even re- fully realize what it meant I think back then but I was just like this is what I want to do which is weird actually now I think about it but um yeah so I I, I played a lot for these these first few years and and I I got better quite quickly in, in those first few years and when I was 14 years old I finished the National Conservatory and we were looking for somewhere else for me to go study with my parents I was struggling a little bit with my school homework because it was getting hard to handle both together, um, you know, coming back from school, having to do homeworks, having to play the valley, was just getting hard. And so we heard about a specialized music school in the UK where you have uh, music at a very high level um, as well as um, academics together. And so, you know, you have to enter audition and etc. But I did that and I got a place. And so at 14 years old, I left my parents and my house in France and I went to study in the UK. UK, which was a big move and um, you know not speaking English or anything it was it was yeah it was a big move but uh, I don't regret it <laughs> it was great and um, I spent four amazing years there and I met you know many friends and it was great to have 
music in the same building as you had math and science and everything. And that allowed me to be able to focus on my music much more. And then when I was 18, I uh, got into the Royal College of Music, from which I graduated recently. So that's on the kind of educational side. And then on the more career side, I guess it's been, you know, a few years ago, I started developing my my career, like professional career. I've spent quite a lot of time developing social media. That was a big thing for me because being a classical musician, I often felt like it was kind of we were in our own bubble and and we were not really getting uh, like people who were who didn't know classical music or who went in that kind of space to actually listen to it. So um, I felt like social media was such a great tool to do that. So I developed that a lot. And and that also like gave me so many opportunities in my career. And I guess other opportunities that I wouldn't have had otherwise and um, it kind of started from there and uh, you know before pandemic I was <laughs> traveling a lot and concerts and everything and but uh, but yeah it's, it's I think that's I think that's about it <laughs> I'll probably stop talking there <laughs> I love that you knew so early on that you wanted to play did you ever have a question in your mind asking yourself like is this it for me is there something else or was there a moment when you said yes this is my life this is 100% what I want to do until I was like 18 I think I just I had this I don't know if it was even a goal it was more of a dream than a goal back then and um when I was 18 and all my other friends who weren't musician it was the time where they all started to think about what they wanted to do that's when it hit me like I've never asked myself this <laughs> and I've literally never asked myself what I wanted to do because I was always so sure of what I wanted and it was it was a strange feeling thinking oh maybe I could have you know done something else in a way I thought well it's too late because you know I've, I've put in so much effort already and um, uh, and so I did have a little moment of doubt I'm not gonna lie but I think it was just the moment of realizing what actually is uh, this life that I chose so early on and in a way at least I, I knew it was something that I really wanted to do because sometimes when we are grown up and we can be influenced by others we can be influenced by you know what's going to be better for our situation what's going instead of just thinking about what we want to do what we love to do and that's something I chose because I love to do it so I think I just had to adapt. Can you tell me a little bit more about the kind of music that you create and perform and what is it that you want to convey to the audience? Of course, so I'm a classically uh, trained musician, so a lot of what we perform in classical music is uh, from composers. So we don't usually write our own music, we usually perform other people's work. Um, and um, what I wanted to, and what I still want to convey is to try and give a um, bit of a new image to classical music. Um, I felt more and more that classical music had this image of dead composer. Like that's that's it, like you know, old people and 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 I really wanted to change that. And even when I was um studying uh, at the Royal College of Music, I, I, that's you know when when I was you know more grown up, but I realized that how even in in some concerts, like how the audience is just a certain type of, of people, and and there's many of them who just don't get access to it, and I, I found that a bit disturbing. So my goal was to try and try and change that, try and make it something 
popular and of course it came with it's part of, of criticism as well because of the time classical music is seen as obviously it's an art and so not everybody wants it to be popular but I think you know you you can't want everything you know we can't complain that it is not getting the audience that you want in the same time you don't want it to be popular and I strongly believe that everybody should have access to it you know and if they understand it people might understand it differently have different understandings of it but yet that doesn't mean that they shouldn't have the chance to listen to it so that's been my goal for the for the past um years and and i'm trying to keep you know keep doing that um through social media through the music that i perform which a lot of is classical music but i also love performing other types of music and try and get that bridge in between. Arts are such a beautiful thing in our world and it can really form communities and makes people feel like they're able to access, you know, new ways to enjoy life. So I think it's really, really great that you're able to open it up to new people who may not have been able to hear that music otherwise and so that they're able to enjoy and join in as well. And it kind of does also give you another way to discuss things in society as well. Like if you were not able to listen to that music or go to a performance or a concert you're still able to really discuss it and be a part of a conversation which I think is wonderful so I wanted to know more about what your average day looks like it's it's changed with the pandemic (laughs) but um before there was not really an average day in a way that it was you know every time going somewhere different and um traveling and um having event on or having a I don't know interview or something with staying at home I've kind of had more of a routine um, but anyway I usually do all my uh, work with the instruments on the violin in the morning I find it the best moment in in the day to concentrate when I'm fresh so I usually do um, eight to one or nine to one after that I usually take the afternoon to create content for my social media do a bit of admin then also exercise yeah it, it that's I guess the day when there's nothing nothing like a, no concerts or something like that which was the case during the pandemic which is not the case usually but that's what I love actually about, about what I do is I mean the good side of it is that I, I never get in a way I never get bored I, there's always something different it's it's um you know I'll go somewhere different I'll meet different people People and and that's what I love about it. I guess the, the the other side because people often see you know often see see it as oh it's great you don't go to an office you you just you know you can have your own hours and you travel yeah that's great but also in the same time for example I don't have, really have weekends you know I don't really have holidays as such like during the weekend like the weekends won't make a difference for me in a way that it might be a Sunday but if I have to practice my violin which I usually do I will so that won't make a difference summer holiday a lot of the time you know my friends tell me oh you know they go for a whole month and don't even hear about their work for this whole month that just doesn't happen with me so I guess you know there's good and bad sides on it but uh, (laughs) but I yeah yeah I guess so many people don't really understand that if you're self-employed that means that you basically never have time off (laughs) in terms of how you structure your social media I would love to know more about how you plan it is there any specific content that you focus on what do you see makes the most impact on your community Um, online I try and uh, you know, follow, I try and first of all, follow the trend in a way that classical music is not something that, 
you find a lot on social media. It's starting to be more common now, definitely, but yet it's uh, always found in the same form a little bit. And I, because my goal is to try and make it more popular, I try and always apply a new trend to something that is, you know, like, you know, classical violin, which is not always easy to make it, to make it work, but that's usually what I try and work on. And I guess some of the videos I have, really worked is when I've, I've managed to to draw a bridge in a way that people who would see the would maybe see the video and be attracted to maybe something else within the video like for example I've had a video with uh, uh, some of my cats in it which went absolutely viral and and you know I know that some people just watch that video thinking oh it's a very cute cat but then you know they followed me and then they listened to classical music and then they got into it and I think Sometimes you just need that bridge in order to have a bigger audience and to have, especially when you're doing something that's quite niche, to, to, to have these people, you know, brought in, finding, yeah, finding the right balance. I do love doing it. So I think that that helps a lot. I, I find it really fun to try and find new ideas on what to film, what to do. And, uh, you know, getting that feedback, especially during the pandemic, you know, having still this connection with people and still seeing them, you know, enjoying my music. That was that was a huge support. And how do you feel actually that your career has changed during the pandemic? Because obviously social media plays a huge part in what you do and you've managed to build this incredible audience through your music and storytelling and the different content you share, like you explained. Has it been better for you with the pandemic? Has it been worse? What do you think has changed? <laughs> I think there was some good things in it. Um, so l last year when it started, I, I went back uh, to my parents' house and actually ended up staying there for months and I hadn't actually spent time with my family in years because I was always traveling, I was always on the go and in a way I, I did really enjoy actually having, you know, spending time with them, spending time at home, having time for myself, um, which I just didn't before. Uh, it also allowed me to focus on, on other things and having more time to to develop, yeah, to develop my social media, having, I, I, I'm preparing my very first album. So that was also one thing that I, I you know, I could focus on working uh, during the pandemic. So I think it was different. I wouldn't say it was better or worse. So I, I look forward to being back on stage, definitely. But I, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I know it was hard for some people. I didn't find it particularly hard. It was just different. Congratulations, first <laughs> of all, you. on your upcoming album. That's a huge achievement. You've done so much in your career, actually, from like concerts and travels. Is there any one moment or one achievement where you feel really proud of? I think if we come back to the album, I think uh, signing with Sony for my debut album was is definitely one of the, the, the thing I'm most proud of. Um, you know, signing with such a prestigious label for the first, for my very first album is, is, uh, has been, yeah, it, it's big. And I still <laughs> felt like a, for a long time, like I was dreaming, like this is, <laughs> this can't actually happen, but uh, it's, it's great. And, and I feel extremely grateful and, and, you know, and lucky to have it. I mean, I did work very hard for it, but still, <laughs> you know, I know a lot of people still do, and um, they have very few violinists, you know, to be among the famous names that they have is, yeah, it, it feels amazing. And uh, it's been so much fun to to kind of record it and prepare uh, for the launch. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's an amazing experience. Just in terms of like how you go about recording for your new album and then for, you know, performing, what do you find is the biggest difference between the two? Concert, mm. um, it will be, you know, you feel 
very nervous just before and and then you'll go on stage and usually you have this kind of the stamina and you perform and it's just it's a one you know you give it all in one you give it all for for one hour or so and and it's done and and I guess you can in a way uh you know just be in the moment for the for that when you're recording it's it's very different because first of all you have to pace yourself you know because you are going to do it many times you are going to be recording it for the whole day if if you put too much of yourself you won't be able to uh, have the the energy for the rest of the day, and it's a different kind of pressure in a way that you know it has to be so so called perfect in a in a recording, which it doesn't need to be in a performance. If in a performance people look more for the experience of it, but in in a in a recording it needs to be not perfect. So you know you do a passage, and you know it might be great musically, but if there was a note that was wrong, you're gonna have to do that again, and then you have the pressure of or I have to do it just as good, but have this not right. And then sometimes this is, you know, it, it puts pressure on yourself because you think, oh, no, I need to get it right. I need to get it right. And especially if sometimes and it can happen, if you're a bit tired, you just cannot get something right. Um, then the pressure starts, you know, building up. And it was a new experience for me. It was the first time I was, you know, recording. I did it in April. And it was, it was great because we were, we recorded in, um, in, in Germany. I went to Germany and we recorded in a, in a beautiful studio in the countryside. So it was, it was nice and it was chill and we could record it literally any time of the day or night we wanted. Um, so it was, it was nice. But yeah, it's, it, you know, and you want to convey, you want to really convey, you know, in, in, in your playing. And sometimes it's not always easy to have that special things to say when you've repeated it 15 times. You know, it's, it's so it's, it's a very different kind of pressure. And, but both are, both are stressful. <laughs> I bet. I mean, I've never had to go up on stage and really perform. I did once when I was a kid. I was in the choir. So that I know, but it's not to the same level or, or extent at all. But I kind of wanted to know a little bit more about, because now recently you haven't done any performances. Did you ever get performance anxiety? You know, I think everybody gets nervous I think you just get used to being nervous more than uh you know you I don't think it disappears and I don't think it should disappear because I think that's what gives you that that special thing uh when you go on stage and I think it's just knowing how to turn that nerves into good rather than into self and you know destroy and for me it's been a lot of the way I prepare before the performance has has made a big difference. So I, for example, have other small performance before the big performance in order to put myself within the the mood, the space. So I will try and perform to some of my friends to, you know, organize a small performance and try and get the stress out, especially, for example, if I'm performing a new program, so that if there is any mistakes, and sometimes there will be, but at least you know, I, I, okay, this didn't go well, so now I'll prepare that. And and actually, I always, you know, when I teach a few, you know, a few students, and I always say, like, actually, you want to make the most mistakes before, because if you've made a mistake, you're definitely going to work on that, and it's not going to happen again. So it's not, it's it's actually quite good to make all the mistakes that you can before, so that you're ready. And um, for me, that's been a, a big game changer. And I think after that, just, you know, knowing how to plan the, the day of the performance, knowing how to plan for you to feel comfortable, it depends 
really on the individual, but, you know, let it be, if, you know, you want to, if it's in the evening, have a small nap or, you know, it really depends on people. But I think just uh, finding your your way of, of being rather calm about it and feeling rested. That's what, yeah, that's how I do it. I guess also as you're a musician and this is something you chose for yourself, a lot of people with general like performance anxiety or who don't like to be up on stage wouldn't choose this kind of career path. Yeah. So do you feel like doing something like that it makes you exhilarated it makes you feel like there's life yeah I, I i love performing and i've always loved performing since i was young you know even i used to to do drama as well and i did drama a levels and it's not always something I've, I've i've loved doing but yeah it doesn't mean i don't get i don't get nervous you know i definitely do get nervous and even you know speaking on stage which is something i like doing as well again it's 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 nerve-wracking, but I find something rewarding in doing it. And I think that's why I keep doing it. <laughs> but I'd actually love to know about your process of learning new music. Because, like, learning music isn't it about building muscle memory. And in the end, your memory and the notes that you read have to fall into place with the way that your fingers move on the violin. Yeah. It's, I think, uh, something that you get better at in a way that you get better at doing it quicker as you go uh, in and that's what we learn you know in getting being able to learn pieces quicker because of course when you do have concerts going on you have to be able to be ready much quicker than when you are you know just kind of learning your end of year concert fees and so it's I think there's obviously the the speed of uh, at which you can learn but also the security of of when you're learning a piece because when you it's something to learn a piece and just being able to play it just by yourself it's something else to being able to play it in front of a big audience and not having a memory slip for example um, and that's something I've, I've worked quite hard on and uh, I've developed a method that for me um, personally worked which is that obviously so classical music it's 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 quite different from any other types of music in a way that there's a lot of notes and it's long and you're going to have scores which are, you know, 30 pages long, things that repeat. And so I've just, you know, it's just finding, and I, for me, I found a method that works in a way that I, I go in, in a very mathematical way about it and the way I learn the notes. And if it repeats, I will literally go through the score and actually memorize, okay, at this note exactly, this time it goes up, the next time it actually goes down. And I would have this like visual memory. So that's, you know, that's the way I do it. Again, I think it depends on the individual, but I think it's just not living it to all, because in a way you're going to be playing it so many times that you are going to be, to have memorized it, but it's different to have memorized it in a, you know, naturally in a way, and to actually have the security of, I know exactly what's happening where. And there's two very different ways of learning, but when you're on stage and you have, when you're nervous, if you've not learned it really, really well, uh, methodically, then there's much higher chances of you having a memory slip and not knowing what to do and not knowing where to go from. Did you ever go through any training in terms of how to act on stage or like how to put yourself forward? You know, we should be taught more about how to do that. Sadly, it's, it's not done so much. Um, I think we get taught about how to play our instrument, how to or sing and um, how to do that technically. Uh, you know how to be good musically as well but there's hardly anything about how to put yourself forward because in a way a lot of the time we 
we get told that only the we get told that only the music matters and we are not important it's just about the music and i think that's a very dangerous thing to say because when we think about that it's very hard to put yourself forward because you feel like you know you you're just you don't know what you're doing there when actually i think there's nothing wrong with having the confidence of thinking actually people want to hear me play and yes they want to obviously hear the music that I'm playing obviously that's an important part of it but yet I'm still existing and I, you know I, I still need to show my my person because if you know if if not then you know what are you just playing something that people could put a CD on is the same thing and so I think it's just a way that we are taught in within the industry which sometimes I think can be a little bit harmful because we focus so much on on being perfect on our technique on you know on that that we sometimes forget to find ourselves uh, on stage and we focus on you know getting things perfect and if this that's not good then people will not like it when i think it's you know, we should maybe focus a bit more on about ourselves and a lot of the time people come to see you play more than <laughs> more than just hearing the piece i think <laughs> what are some of the things that you found very challenging coping with criticism was um, a huge learning up i had you know uh, to, I had to do and when you put yourself out there you are going to get criticism it's not going to be you know if, even if it's a small percentage you know and and I, it, it has been you know if, if you compare it to the amount of, of people who actually do like what you do but yet for some some reason we tend to focus on on you know the one bad comment that we're going to get and when I when I did put myself out there and when I myself out there doing something a bit different especially then you are obviously of course going to face some 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 criticism some people who will you know give their opinion on what you do and might not agree with what you do and I used to be extremely you know sensitive about what people would say about me and I felt that just you know it was destroying me in a way that when somebody have you know when somebody said something and you know you don't even know the person but yet it's, it's somehow it still it still really hurts and and I, I started even doubting myself you know what what you know if can I do this why do I do this blah, blah, blah. and I had to really work hard on it but after after a while now I, I'm, I'm quite proud of the way I've grown uh, from that and I care anymore <laughs> and that's that's a great feeling it's you know I think when you're when when you're happy about what you do and it, it sounds cheesy to say you know oh if you're happy with it then that's fine but it's so much easier to say than you know for it to be done you know if, if you're happy with what you do and and you you feel good about it you feel a, you know a sense of every time after you finish something you feel happy about it then I think it's you know no matter people will disagree and I think it's just accepting the fact that some people will disagree some people will Think what you do is not good then you know everybody is entitled to their own opinion but that does not mean you have to change and it's so easy to change because some people would want to see you in a certain way and and I, I guess that's also was one thing that I had to face in you know from where I came from and and sometimes you know professors around you or uh, you know the, the the industry that I was in and it was kind of that one set route that I had to take and I didn't want that and and I went somewhere different but it took a lot of courage and a lot of will uh, in order to do that um, and thankfully you know I, I think I have a very supportive family who you know whenever I was feeling down kind of taught me to always you know always get up and you know if you I don't know I think too many people use the excuse of you know if something doesn't work they use this as an excuse to give up and it's just too easy and I think yeah just you know kind of learning how 
anything that happens to you that might seem bad, actually a lot of the time you learn so much more from it that something good that happened to you. So yeah, I guess growing up in that in that sense was was one of the big challenges uh, in my career. But and it's you know it still is. I'm sure I still have a lot of <laughs> of growing up to do on that on that sense. But but I've I've, I've come a long way. <laughs> Oh, but that's really inspiring to hear. And I do feel like it tends to happen a lot more when you yeah. put yourself out there publicly. But it's interesting that you even said with the perception of how your teachers would want you to be, that could even happen from anyone close by to you. And the personal work that you have to put in to not only say like, okay, I don't care about this criticism and feel proud of who you are, but um, also just being in your industry, like perfection, playing the music, exactly how it's meant to be is absolutely critical so do you feel like you're a perfectionist in your personal life as yes well? I am and I fight I fight against it because I like everything to be exactly the way I want it and it's dangerous you know and if I've planned something for the day and it doesn't not go the way I planned it I have to control myself from not getting angry and it could be something so small as I planned for my friend to come at that time and she'll come one hour later and that's destroyed my day you know but <laughs> I try and be <laughs> try and be calm about it um because I know it's like it's a ridiculous thing to to you know to do but uh, I think that's come differently from the fact that I'm always so critical and you have to be you have to be so critical with yourself and and sometimes I know I'm I'm, I'm too hard on myself for example, I always feel guilty taking days off. I always feel guilty when I'm not working. Um, you know, of course, it's got a spot of advantages in the way that I get things done. But um, in the other, it's it's it can be dangerous. And and I try and force myself to, in my private life anyway, to not be like that and to uh, be more flexible. But it, it requires work. <laughs> I'd like to know if there was anyone or a specific artist that you felt really inspired by? I mean, there's different artists, but um, there's one artist that I always looked up to, even though actually he passed away and I never actually got to him live, is a violinist called Yehudi Menwin. And he, why looked up, you know, he's a fantastic violinist, of course, but I guess there's many, you could say. And the reason why I particularly loved him was because he of everything he did outside of just playing the violin firstly he was one of the first classical violinists to uh, actually play other kinds of music so he played jazz music he played um Indian music and that was something that like never heard of and and you know and sometimes he got criticized for his criticized for his saying oh he doesn't know how to play this kind of music but you know having the courage to actually go out of your safe space and actually try other kinds and I always thought that was such a great thing and um, he also did a lot um, of, of uh, work for charity he opened a music school and um, he used to go to orphanage and, and teach uh, kids how to play and I just uh, for me being a musician is more than just being great on stage it's it's about everything else you do within it and what you do with the power that you have and I feel like he really really took um you know that to a to word in a way that he, he really did that and and I didn't find so many uh, uh, musicians always do that sometimes it's just you know great performance which yeah it's great to, to watch but um, for me to admire a musician that that's yeah that's what I admired in in him. 
That's amazing. I feel like everyone kind of needs someone to inspire them, maybe not yeah. just in what they do for work, but also who they are as people and what they contribute to society. We also know that you've mentioned that you're really passionate about highlighting the work of female composers in the music industry. There's hardly any women composers uh, in the classical music industry. As I said, classical music, you, you, you play a lot of music from composers who have passed away. And um, so it's a very different, I guess, concept when you think about it. But I, until recently, I never played a work by a woman. And it was something I just did not question. And I think that's, you know, that's even worse. But it, it just, it was just, they even crossed my mind uh, when I was younger that all composers were men. Like, it was just, okay, that was it. And um, so it's changing a lot, a lot. And, and there's so many things now, you know, and so many people who are doing amazing work to, to, to change that balance. And, and so for my, for my debut album, and my first single, that was one thing that I did want to do was to, to have works by, by um, female composers. And um, it's been, been great to have a lot of, you know, press around it and, and, uh, and the streams have worked really well on it. And there's more to come as well from, from other other women composers, um, but that, I guess that's why it's it's it's, it's a big uh, big deal for me because I think when you don't see something uh, as a for example as a young girl, if you don't see the possibility of becoming a composer, you don't even have the idea of it sometimes, um, and that's what happened for you know being a conductor, being a composer. It's just you know these things that you just don't even think about because they're not they're not offered to you in a way that I mean I'm sure that if I had to you know if you want to to go if I wanted to go to composition classes I could have but it did not even cross my mind and I I, I just think it's 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 a shame and it's it's it's, it's a something that I you know I'd like to change so uh so that's that's what I did in terms of of advice for for somebody wanting to go um into the music uh mystery of music here I think um if, you know finding what you really want to do is um again something that sounds easy to say sounds cheesy but it's it's so much harder than that um, i i mentioned it a little bit before but people around you can have such a big influence and in in a good or bad way and sometimes it's hard to actually know what you really want to do and um you might go somewhere because it feels like you know that's everybody's kind of pushing you that way and sometimes it's a way which is a lot of time overcrowded. I am speaking in the classical music industry, but, you know, there's places where, you know, oh, there's these three streets that you can go and they're all crowded and, you know, you're not even the first one there. So, you know, don't expect to get anything. But actually the reason why they're crowded is because everybody is fighting for the exact same thing without putting their personal qualities up there. And I think that's, that's the problem. I think we should all look in... You know, what do we have? What do I have that somebody else might not have? And I think that's what I need to show. And that's what I need to, you know, um, to work on so that so that I get that. And I, I, from the moment I did that, it's, you know, my, my career changed. And, it, well, it didn't change. It, it happened. You know, it started. And, um, and, and now I just try and keep doing that. And that's why I felt, um, you know, I, I felt good about myself and I feel happy with, the career that I have because it's it's truly what I want to do and I I am doing things that I uh, feel personally good about and it doesn't mean of course that I wake up every day and think yay I want to work all day and you know of course there's days I feel lazy and there's days I don't want to work and days I feel down 
but yet overall it's my own goal and not somebody else's and I think that makes a huge difference. What qualities do you feel make a great musician? <laughs> um, that's a hard one. Um, it, it depends, but I guess being truthful would be definitely one of them. Uh, it's, it's not always easy, but I, I find that personally in, in some of the musicians that I love listening to um, is because I find them more true. I find them more human. Um, I've always been more attracted to musicians who have this human side to them. Um, and I don't care about like some mistakes sometimes. I actually don't care. And in a way, maybe I feel like that's just making it more like a performance, more more human, more relatable. And um, I care more about what you really, really show and what you, um, how much you put of yourself um, and what you actually Uh, feel confident enough to show and, and I think that's a very hard thing when you're a musician is that you're really opening yourself you're putting yourself out there in a, in a, in a different way but you know all your emotions all your you just you know put them out there and it's, it's it takes a lot of courage to do that so I think you know that that quality of being yeah being true being showing your human side thank you for listening to our episode with Esther Abrami We hope you loved discovering more about Esther, her incredible talent for music, and how she went from playing the violin as a child to making a full-on career out of it. She will also be launching her album soon. And if you want to learn more about Esther, do follow her on social media as her boasting account has over 200,000 followers. Thank you for listening, and until next time. Bye! Bye.